following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use code HUGE to get the promo hookups. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get all of the hookups. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good Monday afternoon and welcome to the huge show on this Monday, the 26th day of June 2023. No Bill Simonson today. Anthony Bellino filling in in the big chair for the huge one as he is on the road today. And always a pleasure to be able to fill in uh, for my buddy Bill and joined by, of course, the wonderful uh, Brett Hayes. Be sure to find Brett Hayes on Twitter at the Brett Hayes, H-A-Z-E. I'm Anthony. You can find me at AC Bellino. Text the keyword HUGE to 21000. That's HUGE, H-U-G-E to 21000. Mercantile Bank listener line 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. All guests joining us on the Roast Umber guest line. Uh, Brett, my man, it is good to uh, be working with you once again. Good to be with you on this Monday afternoon. How was your weekend, partner? How's life? It was pretty good, man. Got out and played some golf and uh, it rained yesterday, so I got to stay in and watch a movie all day okay uh golf how was it uh it was uh it was a lot of fun we played a eight person scramble with bill up at north kenton rockford it was it was a blast oh nice so two four-man teams are like all eight guys playing you two four-man teams yeah did you win did you beat bill no we were on his team oh but we got like okay. fifth place out of 17 or 18 i think oh all right nice yeah, it was fun though Nice. I got to, uh, I had the opportunity this weekend, had a couple friends in from, uh, from out of town. One was in town from North Carolina. One was in town, uh, from New Jersey. Got to gather with my, uh, my old college roommate. So got a lot of, a lot of guys together for a very active, uh, a very active weekend. And this whole thing spawned because my one buddy from New Jersey, you know, he's got, he's married. He's got two kids. Yeah, just just need a little reprieve. Just need to have some fun. Well, it just so happened the same weekend, another one of my close friends, his wife was going out of town for a bachelorette party. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Guys weekend free. Oh, man, love it. But very, very, very active. I was just actually telling Brett before we came on, that's an exhausting weekend. You know, it's just nonstop. It's like you wake up first thing in the morning, you know, work Friday, and then boom, right, getting just getting right after it. Uh, all throughout the day, Friday, Saturday, drove down to a place, a little party island in the middle of Lake Erie called Putin Bay, the home of the two-man, two-club scramble coming up on July 29th. Circle, circle your calendars for that. Yes, you heard me right. You and a partner, only two clubs, 
It's awesome. You don't even get to bring your clubs. We actually bring all the clubs and everything uh, that you need for it. So we're fi- you know, finishing up some, uh, some finalizing details there. It's our fifth annual two-man, two-club scramble. No, you do not get to use a putter. You literally get one wood and one iron. And uh, when people ask me what that island is like, I tell them it's like a Vegas pool party at a county fair is basically the kind of atmosphere that you are going to be uh, running into. So we did that on Saturday. Went out Saturday night, uh, Sunday. A buddy of mine, uh, he was his parents were throwing a little birthday bash for his father. So right on Lake Erie, we went and did that. I mean, my goodness! And you're on Lake Time, and you have no idea it's even nine o'clock because everyone's just hanging out, having a great time. And before you know it, it's boom, Monday morning's here, and the alarm's going off at five thirty. So uh, yeah, we are just uh, you know kind of closing down a very active. Active weekend and, uh, you know, active weekend in the sports world as well. Tigers with three games against the divisional leading Minnesota Twins. We've got some changes uh, on the uh, that have already happened on the horizon there with Nick Maton getting sent down uh, to Toledo. Will he be able to figure it out after a very, very difficult uh, Sunday afternoon for him? The challenges do not ease up at all. One of the best offenses in baseball on tap, Texas Rangers uh, beginning tonight. So we'll get into well, we'll get into a little bit of that. Keith Langlois will join us on the uh, Detroit Pistons. Very excited to talk to Keith and you know kind of you know, why I really liked uh, the draft here. Although you know we don't get to see the overtime elite. You know unless you're I don't I don't even know how you'd find it on the internet to be able to watch it. So you're just being able to read and find highlights. But to be able to get a wing that they believe might be the best defender in the draft, and there's a lot of debating whether or not they should have went, uh, you know, more of a shooter. But this kid shot 40% in the month of November from three. Like, it's not like he can't shoot it. But, you know, the opportunities that may come there, getting a uh, three and D style wing, as they like to say. You know, a guy that, you know, can improve on his shooting, but immediately adds a presence on the defensive side of the basketball is going to be huge for the worst defensive team in the league. Got to find a way to get stops. Like at the end of the day, we talk about the Golden State Warriors, and yes, I know the Splash Brothers were the catalyst to that because you know, they were able to outscore you, but they also had very good defenders. Guys like Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, like the Clay Thompson was an elite defender prior to his injuries. He went Achilles and knee in back to back seasons. I mean, what do you what do you expect to happen there? So they they played elite defense on their way uh to their early championships prior to Clay's injuries. So if you can kind of you know find a way for Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, I think Jaden is going to absolutely be the guy, that sophomore, that takes that really huge step you know, from freshman to sophomore year in the NBA. I think Jaden Ivey is going to be that guy because he's going to be able to play alongside Cade Cunningham, assuming that Cade is going to be healthy for a majority, if not all, of the upcoming regular season. That's going to be a massive upgrade. What they did in the draft, uh, going and getting a guy that they really wanted in the backcourt in Marcus Sasser. What does he bring from Houston? Uh, we'll get into that, but it's a guy that, you know, Troy Weaver and his staff had targeted early and often. Guy with a lot of college experience. You know, more of that, uh, you know, mature adult coming out of the draft versus the young 18 or 19 year old kid that doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. So I'm, I'm very excited about the direction of the Detroit Pistons. We got Pistons and Tigers. We'll talk uh, to Scott Miller about the Tigers and Major League Baseball, you know, as a, uh, as a whole coming up in hour number two, potentially depending on the flight situation here. Max Boltman might join us of the athletic covering the Detroit Red Wings. He's headed to the draft right now. He said, let me check, you know, check with you when you get to the airport and I'll let you know if I'm available at 520 today. I said, my man, Mad Max, that is absolutely perfect. 
you let me know and we'll roll from there. But excited to be with you uh, this afternoon. Here's to take a quick look at what's going on, you know, across the uh, across the sports world here on this afternoon on this Monday. Rangers, Tigers tonight, 8.05. Tigers, you know, they won the game on Saturday, lost Friday and Sunday to the Minnesota Twins. This ain't looking good, though. I mean, this is a very, this is a 47 and 30 Texas Rangers club. First in the AL West. They are just, they're just, you know, bombing people left and right. Great offense. But in their first series, Texas does lead the season series right now, two games to one. They won five nothing back on uh, May 29th, then won 10 to six on May 30th. May 31st was the Tigers 3-2 winner, so they can lean on the fact that, yes, they've seen this club before. They know that they got a lot of offense. Matt Boyd will take the hill tonight. It's Andrew Haney, and I'm very excited about Matt Boyd. Hopefully he's able to put together a quality start where maybe we get a Tigers starter that can go five-plus innings. Maybe six, maybe seven. Just ask it. There's not too many. You know, We can't keep going game after game after game, depending on the bullpen. You can't rotate you know, four, five, six, seven pitchers every single night. And the bullpen days that we've had to have because of the injuries with the starting staff, right? there's a caveat there. So, you know, it, there is a reason behind it. But, yeah, if you can start getting our starters to go six-plus innings consistently, it's going to help out that bullpen on the back end uh, as well. Did you hear this story? The Eagles' Devin Allen ran the fourth fastest 110-meter hurdles in 2023. He was at the uh, USA Track and Field NYC Grand Prix. Allen ran at a time of 13.04 seconds. I don't know if I do anything in 13 seconds. Tied for the fourth fastest in the world this year. Oh, and by the way, he's a professional football player. This just in, the Atlanta Hawks have dealt John Collins to the Jazz. Uh, they're open, you know, open up a huge exception here. And look, this is this is a, a cap move. They, they really didn't get anything in return. They got uh, Rudy Gay. A future second round pick for Collins, who's owed seventy eight million over the next three seasons. The swap creates twenty five point three million in a trade exception for the Hawks, the largest in the NBA. And Atlanta has a year to potentially use that exception to take on uh, a different player's contract. So they've got some options here. Collins is twenty five. He's a versatile forward. You know he could join the uh, the uh, a front line that has all star Lowry, Markkinen, all rookie center Walker Kessler. You know, Utah used the ninth pick in Thursday's draft to select Taylor Hendricks, a power forward, a forward out of Central Florida. So, like, look, I mean, they're they're going to get better, but they're going to get better, and the Hawks are going to free up some space and get away from the luxury tax, which is really their ultimate goal there. Speaking of money, the Timberwolves center Nas Reed agreed to a three-year, $42 million deal. You're probably wondering, who the hell is Nas Reed, and why is he getting $42 million? What's important about this is we might be able to look at this as a little bit of a gauge for what the Pistons might want to extend Isaiah Stewart to. Right? So Reed is a guy who last season, his best season, 11.5 points, five rebounds, played less than 20 minutes a game. Monster deals here. And now you have $400 million committed to Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed, and Rudy Gobert. Like, I don't know, like three centers in the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I know Pistons fans are like, yeah, we know what that's like. We got a ton of big guys. That's a strange move for the Timberwolves, but it might be something to kind of look at where we may gauge and kind of see what Isaiah Stewart might get from the Pistons if they can agree to an extension before his contract uh, is up. Josh Hart and the Knicks are going to extend their player option deadline, so that's a good news for him. They've agreed to extend a midnight Eastern deadline on Saturday for his $12.9 million player option until Thursday, so that's uh, 
You know, if Hart, who was a priority to retain on a new deal, he could opt in and extend off of that a salary number for next season or decline the option, become an unrestricted free agent, eligible eligible to sign a new deal with the New York Knicks if he wants to stay. Uh, Spurs, Victor Wembenyama is going to skip the FIBAs and he's going to focus on his rookie season. It sounds like he will be available for the summer league, uh, which will be, you know, that'll be our kind of first taste. He probably won't play a whole bunch, but at least we'll be able to get to see him in a couple of games uh, this coming July before the end. NBA season and that's kind of what we have going on right now in the sports world we will step aside a lot of rumors going around right now surrounding a young fella out of Brooklyn the Nets allegedly prepared to offer a uh, match an offer sheet for Cam Johnson of roughly four years and a hundred million that sounds about what the Pistons might be willing to offer him what could he potentially bring to this team is he a better option than potentially trying to bring back Jeremy Grant Jeremy Grant who came to Detroit as the lead dog on that team ended up getting dealt, found his way into Portland. If Damian Lillard stays in Portland, then odds are Jeremy Grant probably stays there as well. If the Blazers decide that they want to move on from Damian Lillard and do him a solid and get him to a contender, there is the opportunity that perhaps Jeremy Grant might become available and that might be something the Pistons would want to kind of reunite and welcome him home. So the details on those two scenarios, plus recapping the draft with Keith Langlois coming up next here on, on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So if you're a fan of the classic casino games like roulette, slots, and blackjack, well, look no further than the DraftKings Casino app because you can find those games and exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Plus, they've got a great deal going on for new customers who deposit at least $5 signing up with promo code HUGE. So if you do that, you'll get a match on your first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. And after that, you can start playing online on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's also safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on that first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Monster Truck Madness. Saturday, July 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a Monster Truck Invasion. Plus an awesome fireworks display after the show. Gates open at 4. With a huge pit party till 6.30. Monster Truck Madness. Tickets just $25 and are on sale now. At the box office or eticks.com. Call 877-2-EAGLE-2. Saturday, July 1st at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Monster Truck Madness. Bring a lawn chair and hang out for the thrill of the hill. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino. Join us right now covering the Detroit Pistons. Pistons.com. A good friend, Keith Langloy. Keith, my friend, how are you, partner? How's life? How are things? Are they slowing down at all? Or is all this free agent buzz kind of got you back working hard again? Yeah, you know, the way the NBA calendar goes, uh, the only time uh, it's pretty much a, a year-round thing now, like all, like every sport. The only time it really slows down is uh, August, and then uh, uh, and then as soon as Labor Day hits, start filtering back the town usually, and then things pick up again. So August is the slow time right now. You know, we're just just washed our hands of the draft and free agency starts, and and uh, by this time next week, I'll be packing for Las Vegas and summer league. So. No, never, not even a moment to kind of close your eyes uh, in between. Let's start with the draft and circle back to uh, last week and the Pistons selections and in the trade that they made in order to move up to get uh, Marcus Sasser. Uh, but let's, let's first start at the number five pick, right? With the Thompson twins, both of them, you know, I'll, like most fans really don't have the opportunity to see very much of it. They, they could only hear, maybe they see some highlights, uh, but it's not like overtime elite games are on television. So what did the Pistons, who did they get, in your opinion, at number five? Well, I, I'm a lot less familiar with them than they are. At the uh, press conference last Friday, I was circling the room there and talking to a bunch of the people, you know, like behind-the-scenes people, and they made trips down to Atlanta uh, this winter. For, uh, that's where Overtime Elite is headquartered, where they play their games, and the they're comfortable that they have a good evaluation of them. You know, last week before the draft, when when Troy Weaver met with the media, I asked, "Is is there a particular challenge in, in kind of projecting guys out of overtime elite because of, the program's only been in existence two years?" You know, I believe they've had one player, Dominic Barlow, who played with the Spurs very sparingly this year as a rookie. So there's just not a history of projecting players out of that league, what, what, what production like looks like in that league, what they go on to do in the NBA. But yeah, Troy Weaver answered, he said, well, you you could say that, but Halle Berry is pretty nurture in the grocery store. He said, when you see when you see elite, you know it. So he, they're really comfortable that they got a, a guy who the door is a, even by the, you know, the ridiculous standards of the NBA, they've got an elite athlete walking in the door. Um, you know, I think they're 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 perfectly comfortable that he's ready to defend from day one, and and the offense 
you know, he, he shot reasonably well uh, from three over the course of the season, but it, but it got better as the season went on, and it was almost 40% in the, in the playoffs, so the overtime elite playoffs on, on almost eight attempts a game. So I think they're confident that they they got a, a good player and, you know the reports on the on the on the kid himself. The family are are, are glowing. That they are they're truly just all about basketball. I mean, look, the decision alone. If you know his life story, uh, they grew up in Oakland, and at some point uh, when they were in like middle school, they decided that uh, they you know they were fully focused on basketball as as their livelihood. And the, the father and the twins moved to South Florida to uh, to. To, to pursue that aim, and, and the, the mom stayed back in California. Um, then it, it, to give up their senior year of high school and all that entails to, to go to, to go to this you know new venture, unproven venture, but one that they felt w- was dedicated to, to maximizing their basketball potential. And I think it tells you that, that they're very serious about their craft, and and uh, you know the Pistons are, are, are confident in, in the, the quality of the character and in the, the potential of. of the athlete and the basketball player. You know, with the the selection of Asar Thompson, that was maybe you know you you get online and you 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 hear these fans going back and forth at each other, Keith. That, I mean, Twitter is a battleground, right? And you know, so many people talking about shooting, shooting, shooting. We have to be able to add shooting. And you you look at Boyan Bogdanovich as like the guy. Still, you know, Isaiah Livers. We just need him to stay healthy uh, at some point. Be able to you know get into some sort of consistency right. there within the rotation. But yes, this team needs shooting. But if you look back to and everybody points to the Golden State Warriors. Well, sure. Steph Curry was an elite is an elite shooter, arguably the greatest of all time, and his running mate Clay Thompson, uh, right in the in the same conversation. Like as far as teammates, probably the best shooting backcourt the league has ever seen. But prior to Clay Thompson's injuries, they were an elite defensive team. Clay Thompson, an elite defender. Draymond Green can defend anyone. Andre Iguodala, uh, you know, in everything that he meant, uh, you know, even winning a Finals MVP. But what he meant defensively. And this Pistons team just struggled to defend last year. So to me, it made perfect sense. Like, hey, here's a guy that offensively, that will come around. His shot, you know, he proved that he could shoot it a little bit at OTE. We'll see what happens on the offensive side of things. But we have to be able to defend, especially at the wing spot, because, I mean, that's where all the, the dogs in the NBA, everybody's everybody's this large and in charge wing. They can put it on the floor. They can shoot it. They can drive to the bucket. We have to be able to stop that. So for me, it made perfect sense going to get a guy that they thought could step in day one and help them defensively. Well, yeah, and and Tori Weaver made made those points uh, uh, last week, and, and and again on Friday after the draft, he he said, you know, he, he was talking about Golden State. Everybody talks about about Steph and Clay, and yeah, he said that's that, yeah they can shoot it. But he said when Golden State really took off is when they became a top ten and then a top five defensive team. And before the draft. Well, actually, it was, it was on draft night uh, after just after the Thompson selection when 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 Troy said he volunteered, and and, and this was a comparison that had been raised um, by some of those people in the draft industry too. But he he said, you know, Golden State. He said what made what made them their death lineup. He said was when Iguodala was in the front court, and it was just really impossible to match up with him. And I think the Pistons. He he. Troy said this is the guy that that Asar, Asar Thompson reminds him of. Um, Andre Iguodala, who had you know a, a two decade career in the NBA, and 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 was a guy who you know winning teams always when he had agency or or when Golden State needed to to move him there were uh, for cap purposes the, the the teams that lined up to get him were, were teams that were poised to win a championship because they knew you know exactly the qualities he had or what winning teams you know, 
you know, just absolutely need. Um, as you said, wing athletic wings and who are in short supply, guys who can switch up and down uh, defensively, and, and when you, when you can combine that with some of the offensive upside of Thompson with his, you know, I, I talked to one of the, the Pistons scouts who said he. He was a frequent visitor to the overtime elite gym this winter, and he said at one of the games he went at, watched this year, they had, uh, you know, Amen Thompson, his twin brother, was the guy who who, who supposedly was a, more of the point guard, and Asar played off the ball. He said the one game he went to, Asar, they put the ball on Asar's hands, and he said he wound up with like 12 assists that game and just, you know, looked like he was really designed for that role. So I think they're confident uh, that, that they got, you know, a someone who fits their roster, but b also someone who just in general is is what every team is looking for right now. Then the Pistons make a move and they go after Marcus Sasser, right? And Troy Weaver's working the phones and he's trying to try from the stories that I read that he, this was a guy that they targeted that they really wanted, and I really. I find it interesting that they go after a guy here. They they actually invest in you know one. He's a first round pick, so there's a, there's some guarantees with that contract. It's a guard, right? Most notably, a point guard that they're going after because the backcourt seems now with a healthy Cade Cunningham, it's going to be pretty tough to crack that lineup and get some playing time. But they get a four year player out of Houston and Marcus Sasser, which I really like. I don't think that everybody needs to be a 17, 18, 19 year old uh, G League or one and done in college or over. Not everybody has to be that. I think that there's a maturation process in college, and maybe it's because, Keith, I'm old school, right? I'm an old guy. I'm an old school kind of guy. I like that. I like a four-year guy out of college. What does the, the, the team moving to go get Marcus Sasser say about what how they feel about him as an individual and when you know they really kind of see, like, this guy might be able to come in and contribute right away? Yeah, well, I, I, I wrote something that, that posted today and that, that speaks exactly to that, that, look, I mean, uh, the, the, I did a story last week before the draft on possibilities with the 31st pick, and Sasser was one of the, the I think, four or five guys I, I named who were, who were like older college players who were a possibility with that pick. Um, not, you know, I, and I, I think it, it, a, lot of, a lot of mock drafts had Sasser going in that early second-round range. And I don't think a lot had him in the first round, but how high, highly did the Pistons value him? Well, I think the fact that that they they were so look a lot of times after the draft you, you'll say we got the guys we wanted to but we know that the Pistons got the guy they wanted because they moved up physically to get him they gave up two future second round picks um, Troy Weaver said that Arn Tellum and his son Eric Eric and, and uh, director of, of pro scouting for the Pistons they were on the phone with uh, with uh, with Sasser's agency the XL. And that night, because they were monitoring, the agent will be the first one to know if teams are interested in their guy, and they wanted to know if any of these teams late in the first round were likely to get Sasser. And when they got a whiff of two teams that had some interest in drafting Sasser, they jumped. Uh, they, Boston had just acquired the 25th pick in the uh, trade with Memphis, and, and the one in which they got Kristaps uh, Porzingis from Washington. And they, you know, it was it was rightly assumed that Boston was interested in getting out of the first round because of salary concerns and all that. Uh, the guaranteed contract that comes with, excuse me, the 25th pick. So, uh, you know, they, they probably targeted Boston for a trade-up candidate. And when they got a whiff of Sasser maybe not being there at 31, they they acted pretty swiftly, and, and they absolutely got their guy 
Um, the way Troy Weaver talked about him, you know, he just said he's a steadying presence. He's a rock guy that you don't have to worry about where he is or what he's doing. He's all about basketball. He's very serious. And he's, you know, it, it, Troy talks ceaselessly about how he wants to build a team in the image of the, the bad boys and the going to work Pistons, not necessarily because he wants to pay homage to those eras, but because he believes that that's the way you win in the NBA. And, uh, Sasser's, Sasser's a guy who, who, you know, really gets after it defensively. And also a guy that I believe is going to be a 40% three point shooter in the league once he gets his feet set. So, um, you know, it's clear, like I said, a lot of times teams pay lip service that we got our guy. Well, there's no doubt that this one's got their guy because they acted to get him. And we talk about the shooting of Marcus Sasser in his junior season when he was playing about 32 minutes a game. He shot at about 44% uh, from three. And then those numbers kind of skyrocketed, at least as far as his attempts, and it dropped down to 38.4%. But still, uh, I mean, high 30s, low 40s. I mean, that's, uh, that's, you know, really, really nice to see. So how do you think that affects. Uh, what the Pistons want to do at that point guard position with Cade Cunningham coming back from injury. He and Jaden Ivey, I think that Jaden Ivey is going to really explode this year. I think that running alongside Cade Cunningham is going to be a game changer uh, for him just because the way Cade sees the floor, the way that he moves the basketball, his decision making. I think that, you know, he's one of those guys that just, he just goes out there and makes everybody else around him better. So Marcus Sasser then eats up minutes. That maybe brings me to this question of what are they, what are they going to do with a guy like Killian Hayes? Yeah, you know, I was just uh, looking at the roster. <laughs> the Pistons have will have on their roster next year, you know, and assuming I, they're, they're, look, we, we're going into free agency. There's probably going to be some some opportunities for trades. I would the Pistons have, are going to have 30 million cap space and with today's news that uh, that Utah has acquired John Collins into cap space from Atlanta that means there's only going to be four teams with more cap space in the Pistons so uh, you know people ask me what's going to happen in free agency you know we might get to that but I I, I would still put more money on the fact that the, they'll probably leverage their 30 million in cap space in the trade market as opposed to using it in free agency but we'll see but you know, as the roster stands big now, they're going to have eight players that were taken in the first round of the last four drafts since Troy Weaver got here. And, you know, like not all of them were Pistons picks. James Wiseman was a, was a trade acquisition, but but eight first round picks in the last four drafts, and six of those are taken in the lottery. So, you know, there's going to be real competition for for minutes. So, when you say what's going to happen with Killian Hayes, well, when training camp starts. You know, he's he's on the last year of his rookie contract. It's a real prove-it year for him. He's got a new head coach who comes in. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to come in with a with a blank slate, and, and it's going to be, you know, best man, best man wins. But Cunningham and Ivy are going to, uh, in all likelihood, be the starting backcourt and get 30-plus minutes a game. And who fills those backup roles? I mean, Alec Burks is a proven guy. You have to believe he's... He's gonna if, he, if he's healthy. He's gonna he's gonna occupy a slot, and then it's you know it's a fight for the, for whatever minutes are left from there. And Killian Hayes is, is one of the people, and Marcus Hesser, uh, you know, he, he comes in with uh, with all with a lot of wind in his sails from from everything we know about how the Pistons view him. So it's gonna be real competition. Those things always work themselves out. I know you always look at the depth chart and wonder how are we gonna find minutes for everybody. They always work themselves out because of injury or or otherwise so you know it'll it'll play out starting in training camp and then and from there it'll be whoever earns the minutes will will get them all right keith i gotta ask you this next one if if both are available 
Jeremy Grant or Cam Johnson? Uh, I well, I I would I would bet heavily on Cam Johnson wearing a Brooklyn Nets uniform next year, and on Jeremy Grant wearing a Portland Trailblazers uniform next year. You know, the the one wild card in there is it's been reported that uh, Damian Lillard is meeting with the with Portland's front office today, at, maybe as we speak, and discussing the future of the franchise. If 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 Dame comes out of that meeting and says. You know, uh, I love my time in Portland, but it's time to move on. Then, then Jeremy Grant being on the move probably is, makes a little more sense, and then we'll see. Uh, Cam Johnson, I, I, I just have a hard time believing that Brooklyn, owned by one of the richest men in the world, and they've just traded Kevin Durant, and the return for Kevin Durant was Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, and then they're going to let one of those guys walk out the door because they won't match an offer for a restricted free agent. With the history of restricted free agency in the NBA is they very rarely move if if they have, have any value to their to their current team and Cam Johnson certainly has value to the Nets so I don't think the I, I just can't imagine the the offer sheet the Pistons can sign him to that would scare away Brooklyn so I, as I said I, my my money on on how the Pistons use wind up using their thirty million in cap space is via the trade market. Um, as opposed to out and out free agency, but we'll see. You never know. It starts Friday night, so we might, you know, a week from now, if we're having this conversation, we might have the answers already. He is Keith Langlois. Find him on Twitter at Keith underscore Langlois. If you don't follow him already, find his work at Pistons.com. Keith, my friend, is always partner. So great to catch up with you and hear your voice, my friend. We greatly appreciate the time today. Thanks, Anthony. Anytime. There he goes. And uh, like I said, Pistons.com. Uh, That's a very good point. We did just get a text in uh, just now where uh, what's the availability of Tobias Harris and would he be a good fit uh, for the Pistons? Well, here's the status of Tobias and his contract. He signed a five-year, $180 million contract with the 76ers, $180 guaranteed, average salary of $36 million. That was in 23, uh, going through, what, 2023, 24. So there's there's a hefty amount of money there. He's not an unrestricted free agent until 2024. So I, at 31 years old, I just I just don't know if that's the direction. Uh, if you're going to have to trade, I don't know if if that's the direction you want to go. Bringing on that salary, I like Tobias. Uh, I like Tobias when he's here, but I I don't think that that's somebody that they will really pinpoint here. I think they'll throw an offer sheet out there for Cam. Uh, I think that you know, everything hinges with Damian Lillard in Portland and, and what's going to happen next with Jeremy Grant. I think that kind of a reunion right there might be special. James Edwards wrote recently about Harrison Barnes and what that might look like for the Detroit Pistons. But definitely being able to find, you know, that you think in your mind, your wing, your small forward type of player that's going to be able to add uh, some offense because the way I look at it with this team, you know, as of last year, they really just have one professional shooter in Bojan Bogdanovich. And how do you add a couple of more guys? Now I think that everybody gets better opportunities when Cade Cunningham is back in the lineup. I, I mean, he, you know, he doesn't have that over the top athleticism that we're used to seeing in the NBA. And because he's taller without that crazy athleticism, I think that people have a difficult time trying to understand really who Cade is. But, man, when you watch him with the ball in his hands, the fact that he was in the conversation for Rookie of the Year uh, before injury, like, I just, you know, he started that season with injury, you know, coming out of the gates a little slower, and then last year, the entire year derailed. If he could stay healthy, what he's going to provide, and Jalen Duren's my other guy. 
You know, I, I wanted I want to see that young core of Cade, Jalen, and Jaden, that core three right there, play a lot of years together. Because I think that there is a lot of potential between the three of them. And then when you have a shooter like Boyan and you add Asar Thompson, who's going to come in, immediately be able to play defensively. So they say, you know, will we see an uptick in his shooting? You know, like I said, I mean, he's had months where he shot 40% from three in the playoffs. And over time, he lead, in, in the biggest moments, he lit it up. And, you know, that's, that's, I, we just don't know enough because it's such a, fled, a fledgling you know, organization. Second year of overtime elite. People are like, what the hell is overtime elite? Now it's a it's a league for you know sixteen to twenty year olds, and it's it's kind of unique where you can go there and you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year, or uh, you can kind of roll that into a scholarship to be able to maintain your college eligibility if you want to go that route. And you know, with some of their you know four four players to one instructor on their academic side uh, that they offer, I just. I'm very interested and intrigued by Overtime Elite. And you had two of the top five picks, obviously, you know, being brothers, Amen and Asar. Uh, like these guys kind of set the tone for what we might think Overtime Elite is. And you look at you know, the first five picks of the NBA draft Victor Weminyama, international player, right? The French phenom. Guy is just absolutely monstrous. He was working out, they did a little, little uh, video of him in his Spurs jersey and. You know, he caught a lob that wasn't even a lob. The guy threw it up near the hoop and he barely jumped off the ground to grab it and dunk it. Like it doesn't even look, it looks like an adult playing on a five foot rim is what it looks like. It's ridiculous. Uh, You know, you have, so he's an international. Scoot was from the G League. Brandon Miller's from Alabama. So there's your one college kid and then two kids from overtime elite. Like it is a little bit of a microcosm of today's NBA. And I think that when the when the Pistons made the trade to move up to 25 to go get their guy, everybody at the point guard spot outside of Cade is on notice. Like, And they seem to be very high. I like the idea that he was a four-year college player. I still think that means something. Like I said, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist. I'm a little conservative. And I kind of like the kid that spent four years in college doing more than just playing basketball. But, you know, making sure that they have a class schedule, you know, the social aspect of what college means and uh, the demands of being a college athlete, you know, with that schedule, trying to make the NCAA tournament, you know, all of those different things, I really think help the maturation process. And I feel comfortable. I don't think it's a knock that a guy plays four years, you know, for all the guys, you know, for all the folks that want to knock Hunter Dickinson, is Hunter Dickinson ready to go to the NBA? Uh, I don't know. Oscar Shibway was a national player of the year and he didn't even get drafted. Zach Eady out of Purdue. You know, went back back in back in school. Like it, it really is. Unless you're the Jalen Duran sort of seven footer with elite athleticism, it's very hard to find a spot in today's NBA. And so you might go, well, what about the Joker? You know, he's not an elite athlete. No, he's an elite brain. He's got a good handle. He can see the floor. He can move the ball wherever you need to. You know, is Hunter Dickinson, Nikola Jokic? No, I don't think so. But I, you know, the opportunity for a player like him just it just isn't really that available right now. So I think that this is we're at a very interesting stage here in the NBA and what happens next. And man, I I'm excited just talking about it, knowing that the summer league is right around the corner, knowing the free agency is here. It's not a free agent class that I absolutely love, and I think that that's why when Keith said moments ago that hey, for this you know for this group here. We might see the Pistons use some of that cap space that they have in the trade market. Yeah, like that, Tim, because I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed by this free agent class. 
We'll step aside. We'll be back with more of the Huge Show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore? Knives. Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18-hole at St. Ives, and they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration that includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. You asked for it. Big Time Rush are coming. Big Time Rush. Live in concert. Can't get enough tour. Van Andel Arena. Friday, July 21st. With special guest Max and featuring Jax. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. For more, visit BigTimeRushOfficial.com. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Shop for July 4th with just one stop at Meyer. Right now, buy one, get one free 80% lean ground beef. And Kingsford Twin Pack Charcoal Briquettes for $16.88 with Emperks. Plus, get 50% off the entire stock of swimwear for the family. Buy five, save $5 on Pepperidge Farm Buns, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, 7-Up, or Dr. Pepper products, plus deposit where applicable, and Lay's Potato Chips. Get more for your money with the same prices online and in-store at Meyer. Exclusion Supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino filling in for the huge one. Bill Simonson, he is on the road. I'll be with you tomorrow afternoon as well. Plenty of ways for you to get in contact with us. You can tweet at us at Huge Show. You can tweet at me individually uh, at AC Bellino. Find Brett Hayes on Twitter at the Brett Hayes, H A Z E. And you can always text us. Use the keyword huge. Send that to 21,000. That's huge to 21000. Or give us a dial on the Mercantile Bank listener line 1 866 838. Huge 1 838 4843. Now, over the weekend, the Detroit Tigers only took one out of three 
against the Minnesota Twins, leaders of their division in the AL Central. However, for as bad as the weekend might have been, and for Nick Maton, it was rough. Guy has not found his stroke very well. He's only hitting about 160. Like it was, it was time to go. So the Tigers end up sending Maton down to Toledo for him to be able to, you know, figure it out there. Now, offensively and defensively, uh, this was not the environment for him to do so, according to AJ Hinch. And after the weekend, which wasn't great, but wasn't terrible, coming off that, win, you know, the series win against Kansas City, two games to one. You feel good about that. You go into the weekend. You know, big series, make up some ground against Minnesota. You take one out of the three. Okay, you're still only five and a half games back. And you have a very difficult test on the docket here. No off day. You leave Detroit and you head straight to Texas to take on the Rangers. First pitch tonight, 8.05. It is a late one uh, this evening. 8.05 tomorrow and 8.05 on Wednesday. And 2.05 on Thursday before heading north to Colorado to take on the Rockies. So a couple of... uh, couple of series here in which the Tigers, you know, look, it, it's a tough test. This is the major leagues, though. And if you're a Tigers fan, I would urge you not to give up the ship just yet. I think that they have been a little bit better than what we thought they would be, all things considered. And most importantly, the thing that's being considered here is the fact that the injuries, like the reserves are coming. Here, come, like here comes the help. It's on its way. We just needed to get healthy. And that starts with the starting pitching. You know, I'm a little bit more open to dealing Erod if if there's some, you know, if there's an acquisition that can be made that makes sense for this team that doesn't involve somebody's 17th ranked prospect. Like, no, let's go get somebody who can contribute and do so right away. But a very tough challenge beginning tonight, the first of four on the road in Texas against the Rangers. Hour two, the huge show coming at you next here on the Michigan Sports Network. Big bad. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use code HUGE to get the promo hookups. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get all of the hookups. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Welcome back to the Huge Show on this Monday, the 26th day of June, 2023. Happy Monday to all of you. Anthony Bellino filling in for the Huge One. Bill Simonson, great to be with you again. I'll be here tomorrow as well as Bill's on the road. It's always a pleasure for him to uh, give me a a call as I host mornings here on the Michigan Sports Network. And 
Always fun to double up and join in on the morning drive, join in on the afternoon drive, and uh, definitely want to hear uh, from you as well. The Huge Show at Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. You can text the keyword HUGE, send that to 21000. That's H-U-G-E to 21000. All guests join us on the Roast Umber guest line. Brett Hayes, executive producer. Find him on Twitter at the Brett Hayes H-A-Z-E. You can find me on Twitter at A. C. Bellino, and always good to talk to Keith Langloy. Very excited about a team, but you know the reality of the situation is this: the Detroit Pistons won seventeen games last year. Now it's also very exciting that Monty Williams is the head coach. We saw the jump that Phoenix made when he became the head man there, and then obviously you know being uh, let go as they went all in to go get you know. Kevin Durant, and they just, uh, the Bradley Beal trade doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, but hey, it doesn't have to make any sense to me as long as it makes sense to them, I guess. But you're going to need more than five guys on your team. You got to have some sort of rotation. You got to have a bench. You got to have role players. There's a lot going on there. Pistons, will they make a splash at free agency? Will they try to, you know, wheel and deal a little bit in the trade market? The drafted of Marcus Sasser is very interesting to me, though. Very interesting, because Cade is the clear-cut number one. Sasser's a four-year vet of the college game. Does he come in, and is Killian Hayes someone that could be on the block now? You know, And if so, what would they be able to get in return for a guy like Killian Hayes? Who, you know, I thought... Look, he just doesn't bring the offense that that we expected, right? Good defender, but just doesn't bring the offense. So will they try to wheel and deal with Killian? That'd be something I'd look at just purely based on, you know, if if this staff really wanted a guy who was a guard, you know, in the guard room, the backcourt's pretty full already, as is the frontcourt. They just need help on the wings, right? And um, this core of this team is very, very young. We're also going to have the NHL draft coming up on Wednesday. That'll be fun. We're hoping that Max Boltman, who's traveling right now uh, to Nashville for the draft, that he'll be able to join us in hour number three to talk a little bit about what the Red Wings are, are going to be up to and what do they need more. Do they draft defense at number nine? They also have number 17 in the, in the draft this year as well. So do they go you know, offense first? They, they, they desperately need goal scoring. Or do they, do they try to you know, continue to improve? On that blue line. You know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a rough year for Moritz Sider and for Lucas Raymond. You know, but it's, you know, they, people got tape on you now. That first year you come out, you're a little bit of a surprise, and, you know, people don't know how to handle it. We see it all across sports, right? That's why it's called the sophomore slump. That second year is always a challenge to see if you can continue, you know, the. Yeah, and it's a surprise for the fans too. When a when a young guy comes out and he makes immediate impacts, like you know, Cider and Raymond, you get excited about what that future might entail. And then when you know, okay, the, the production didn't you know take that next step up. It wasn't bad, but you know, it's you know we're we're looking forward to them. They signed Dylan Larkin to a big deal this past year. Get that deal done. Alex DeBrinket is a name that's floating around. A lot of people have him tied. You know, welcome home, Alex. Come on, come on back. He's a Farmington guy. Come on back to the great state of Michigan and somebody who can, you know, with when you have a little bit of talent on his line, 
can be really successful just didn't work out in Ottawa because, well, nothing really works out in Ottawa. I mean, hell, look at the, look at the Red Wings. They went to Ottawa, it didn't work out for them, and they blew it up from there. So, you know, it's a, um, Ottawa could be a dangerous place. Dangerous place this time of year. And then uh, Scott Miller is going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. We'll talk a little Tigers, talk a little Major League Baseball. See what the Tigers will be able to do uh, this week. And, you know, if this is a team where he believes that the reinforcements coming in, just guys getting healthy. If that's enough to kind of push this team towards, hey, okay, trade deadline comes around. Maybe you do move in Eduardo Rodriguez, but it doesn't mean that you're selling on the season. Maybe you just move one piece to, you know, try to help complement this, this roster a little bit. You know, because they, they, they need another bat in this lineup, a, a few more. And with the uh, Nick Maton being sent down to Toledo, you know that they're they're trying to improve uh, this team. They want him to work out, but you know a guy hitting one sixty seven, it's not doing a whole lot for you. Not doing a whole lot for you. And with the errors made in the field, just a just a really rough day for him on Sunday. It could be the culmination. You go down to Toledo for a week, couple weeks, get your mind right hit the cover off the ball, come right back and, you know, come back with like, you know, a fresh sense of uh, purpose and belonging. And, you know, can, it can do some guys really well. It, it can, it can completely take the, the, you know, the steam out of your engine. So we'll see how Nick Maton uh, now responds uh, to that. It's also rocket mortgage classic week, right? So if you want to be able to check out the PGA tour, now's a great time. You know, the, the course did get, uh, you know, the weather was, the weather was rough yesterday. Right, we had tornadoes in Indiana, and uh, it was it, it got dark, it got stormy. And, you know, weather advisories uh, late afternoon yesterday. The course took some heat, uh, some trees falling down, but you know, so I know the grounds crews and the maintenance crews are working really hard to get it, you know everything back up into tip top shape for. Oh, it should be a very exciting week. And one thing I hope that doesn't happen this week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, you know, because look, over the last couple of years, the PGA Tour comes to Detroit. And people want to, you know, make their remarks about the about the course, and you know, oh, it's going too easy. Keegan Bradley just shot twenty three under at the Travelers. I didn't hear anybody talking about TPC River Highlands there in Cromwell, Connecticut. I didn't see anybody throwing any slander out there. Not only did Keegan Bradley go low, rounds of sixty two, sixty three, sixty four, and sixty eight, but Brian Harmon was twenty under. Zach Blair was twenty under. Patrick Cantley was nineteen. Scotty Scheffler was 19. Rory was 18 and included an ace as well. Justin Thomas was 17. Ricky Fowler, 1,600. I mean, guys went low this past weekend. And I hope, and I'll be paying very close attention to see what some of the remarks are about the Rocket Mortgage. Because I feel like in recent years, you know, Detroit Golf Club has come under a little bit of heat because guys have been able to go low. Well, guess what? Everywhere else on the PGA Tour, guys are putting together crazy, crazy scores. They're professional golfers. That's what they do. Tony Finau will be there to defend his crown. You know, I would expect it's going to be 15 under or better over the course of four days. You know, you should probably see some 65s out there. But that, I mean, that's that's professional golf. But let's not act like Keegan Bradley, who just set the, the low mark in the Travelers, Let's act like this is something like, oh my goodness, this course, like, oh, it's not ready for the PGA. It can't handle the PGA. Yes, it can. It absolutely can. You know what else can? Oakland Hills. Boy, I'd love to see it come back. I remember the Ryder Cup at Oakland Hills. Oh, bring it back. Get me all excited. I know that 
Brett in the studio played with Bill uh, over the weekend. I got to get out with a couple of friends on Friday. And Brett, I'm not going to lie, man. I was playing lights out. And the guy that I just bought a pristine condition Scotty Cameron from, I played against him. So not only did he sell me his putter, but then I drug him around the course for 18 holes. (laughs) And it felt good. He was talking a lot of smack Thursday night at the bar because, of course, we had to go out Thursday night because why wouldn't we go out Thursday night? Uh, It's every night of the week this weekend. But he was he was chirping me a little bit, Brett. He was talking this, that, and the third. I started pounding that driver, and he yeah uh, tucked his tail between his legs. Oh, yeah. I was just beating his brain. Oh, it felt so good. Gotta he's love a, it. Gotta love it. Yeah, he's a close friend, so it's it's all good. But it was uh, man playing really well, and then the alcohol kicked in. Right, I don't think you need to really go a beer a hole. I just it might be overkill. Like maybe take a step back. Maybe instead of getting a six pack for you. Maybe just get like three for the front and then three for the back. It's just a light refreshment. You know, I don't think you need to be out here rifling through six beers and nine holes and taking shots at the turn and then getting getting after it again on the back nine. That's where I fell apart. I fell apart, but I did accomplish something, Brett. Even though I did hit a ball into a creek, I was able to retrieve said ball because it was like, you know, it was in the hazard. It's unplayable. It's in the hazard, but it wasn't in the water. So I was able to bring it out and just take my penalty stroke, but save the ball. And that was important because I played with the same ball for the entire round. For I the love first when time. that happens. Oh. oh, studio audience, they love it. That's what the gallery was like out there. There's no better feeling than it's like, dude, I, I've played with the same ball the entire round. This is crazy. That never happens for me because I get a little loose, right? I like to swing hard. You know, I don't believe in laying up. I don't believe in playing it safe. The one the one hole I did try to play it safe, I, I sprayed an iron off the tee. Like, I don't believe in any of that. You tee it up, you swing as hard as you can. You got to generate club head speed. Club head speed equals distance. We want to hit bombs out there. And that's what we did. You're relatively under control, too, which is nice. It's, I, it took me a while to get the driver under control, but, you know, it's just like a wild animal. That's what it is. You know, you got you to train it. You got to bring it in. You got to get it under. You know, put the reins on it. We rein that sucker in. You feel feel pretty good about the game. But I am very interested to see how the golf world responds to the scores, no matter what they may be, at Detroit Golf Club uh, this coming weekend at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And, of course, if you have the opportunity Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever the case may be, and you're in the area or you want to make the drive, no matter where you're listening to us, to us from, all across the great state of Michigan, Watching professional golf in person, is it's I love television broadcast. I do. It's the one thing I did kind of like about the live tour was some of the different things that they did from the TV perspective, the graphics, the on-screen presentation, things of that nature. Well, I tell you what, you watch these guys and gals, LPGA Tour the same way, just hit fairway after fairway, green after green, the spin that they can put on the ball, how they choose and select what shots they want to hit, how they manipulate the ball in the ball flight. They want to hit a fade into this green, got to hit a draw into that flag. Like, it's incredible. It's incredible. So if you got the opportunity, I would highly, highly recommend making a trip to a Detroit Golf Club to check out the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to step aside. Scott Miller joins us next. Talk a little Major League Baseball here on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Bullying, lack of patience, cruelty to animals. Those are not good traits. They also happen to be critical warning signs of violence. 
June is Gun Violence Awareness Month, and the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police wants you to know that at-risk people often display warning signs before they resort to gun violence. Search online for 10 critical warning signs of violence and ask your local police department how you can safely make a difference. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan. For the one close to you and to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Hunter Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports and the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long, right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. He hasn't made a putt all day, but if he makes this one, we're all cracking a Labatt. Hold it. Did you say if your buddy makes this putt, we're all cracking a Labatt? How about a Labatt blue light? Uh, yeah. Hey, buddy, you can do it! It's a left-to-right break just outside the cup. A touchdown hill. Appreciate the support. You guys mind if I putt now? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Best putt ever. Because making the big shot is better with a big crowd. Labatt takes everything to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer 2023 Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt Regulations, U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company Limited. Hey, buddy, where's my Labatt blue light? He made the putt for crying out loud. I want my Labatt blue light. Listening to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to the huge show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Fred Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino, and join us on the Roast Umber guest line. Right now, covering the world of Major League Baseball, our good friend Scott Miller. Find him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Scott, my friend, how are you, partner? How's life? How are things? 
Good, Anthony. How are you, my friend? I am. I'm always doing well. Come on, it's always great to talk to you too. I was so happy when Brett told me Scott Miller tested. Yes, great. That's fantastic, Scott. It is a. Um, it's an exciting time for Major League Baseball, and I think that if you are the commissioner, Rob Manfred, after all the heat that this guy, this gentleman, has taken over the years, it seems like things are really working out. Attendance numbers are through the roof. Game time is down. Runs are you know offense is still churning. We've got more action on the base paths it seems like everything's working out yeah i imagine that anthony that the 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 rules changes we all talked about going into this year imagine that that baseball did something uh that's working out well and not backfiring it seems like this is a sport that steps on its own foot so much but you know everybody i talked to i mean there's a random player here and there that gripes still about the rule changes but I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think, you know, there have been some hiccups, but I don't think it could have gone much smoother, you know, to lift off this season. And I know the, the hope was that, you know, games would go, you know, the, the rule changes with the pitch clock uh, would maybe shave 15 or so minutes off games. But the average game time is, is about two and a half, two, two, maybe two hours and 40 minutes. You know, it's cut about 30 minutes off of the game. And I, and I will say, um, you know, when you're at the ballpark now, uh, you got to pay attention because that next pitch comes pretty quick. And, you know, it's about time. It's it's the game that w- most of us grew up watching and loving, uh, and it just had gotten off the rails. I mean, I never would have been in favor of any kind of a clock in this sport at all. Um, I mean, you're talking a guy that has covered baseball for 30 years, and, be, you know, it's, it's the my chosen path. I love baseball. I've loved the game, devoted most of my life to it. Even that, I say that because the last couple of years, I mean, when it's you're sitting there watching either on TV or a game, you're talking, look at the pitcher. It's just like, throw the ball already. Jeez, there was so much dead time. You know, it really, and it's and it's rare that this, like you said, it's rare that we do something. We're like, oh, hey, wait a minute, yeah, sure. There's some gripes and some pushbacks, and I like the fact that you you mentioned when you go to a game, you got to pay attention because you might blink and you might you might miss three innings, right? But you look at the action on the field. Scoring is up nine point one runs per game compared to eight point two. Stolen bases up to about one and a half per game from zero point nine, the highest average since two thousand. Like things are looking good. The game time is down. Those are uh, comparative numbers. You know, to last year, so we're we're in actually what feels like really good shape. the The season has been exciting. The one question I do have for you in regards to the new rules is the shift. Now that they've you know banned the shift, do you like it? Do you hate it? Now that we've seen seventy plus games of what this looks like, oh, I like it. I do. Um, I, I mean, again, the game we grew up loving and watching. You know, there there so many times over the past five or six years where a guy would rip a ball and you'd be like, oh, there's a base hit. And then you don't realize there's a guy standing in shallow right field like like a rover in softball, and it's a line drive right to him and it's out. And, um, you know, I, I, I get it that some people, especially on the analytics side, are like, well, just because we figured out how to defense better, now you're trying to penalize us. It's not that. I think the, the, the there are positions for reasons, second baseman, third baseman. You know, the, the third baseman is not designed to play shallow right field, and that's what we are starting to see quite a bit. And, I mean, I just look at it like the other sports. I, I You know, the, 
the NFL, there's certain, and college football for that matter, Anthony, there's certain positions. You, you have certain linemen that are not eligible to be receivers. You have, they, they, they legislate, in other words, where certain positions are supposed to play. In the NBA for a while, they outlawed zone defense. Um, this isn't unprecedented that, that a sport like baseball would say, wait a minute, the second baseman has to play on the infield dirt in the area of where the second baseman traditionally plays, and the same at third and shortstop. And, um, you know, I think you have to adjust as you go. And the shift had just gotten so outrageous with guys running all over the field. And also it added to the time of game because, you know, you had every batter, you have to wait for the, it was almost like you're waiting for the guy upstairs in the baseball operations booth to, to hit his joystick, to move the fielders over, over the field into the next shift for the next batter before we could get going again. And it just bogged things down so much. Well, it seems like uh, it seems like everything is is moving pretty well. I do have to ask you now. We have had in the last like week or so, we've had a couple of different plays at the plate in which you know, are, where, yeah. where, what are we missing here with these throws to the dish? Where like, we're, how can we get this wrong? You know, with replay. I, that's I guess what I don't understand. If you go back to the tape and you can look at it, like, how do we like? What's the, what's the issue here? Well. Now you now you get in back into baseball. What, what you know when I said with the new rules? Hey, at least you know you're used to the sport shooting itself in the foot. And they don't. They didn't with the new rules. They did with this play that played the play. I understand it goes back to Buster Posey and some other catchers back around 2010, 2012 that got mowed over the plate. And you know I understand players are more expensive now. You know catchers are making millions of dollars and they can be sitting ducks at home plate. Um, if you're, you know, on a play at the plate, and if if you allow a guy to bowl them over, a la Pete Rose and Ray Fossey, um, you know, I, I, catchers used to pride themselves on being able to protect themselves and set up for that play and wear it as a badge of honor. But but I get it. Okay, we're not in prehistoric times anymore. You know, you can't have a guy just be a sitting duck. So I don't mind. I mean, I don't like the rule. I wish. I think that they should have just left well enough alone. But if we're going to have the rule, um, they've got to. They've left too much gray area. And those plays at the plate last week. I mean, Jonah Heim in Texas, he can set up behind the plate. He wasn't blocking the plate. And the next night, uh, you know, the uh, the Fernando Tatis throw home. Uh, Gary Sanchez, who's not the greatest catcher anyway, but the throw carried him into the path of the runner, who, oh, by the way, Blake Sabal, he was going to be out by 15 feet. It wasn't even close. Now, there is a clause in this within this rule that the umpires have the discretion that if the ball beats the runner by so much that it's not even going to be close, they you you can call the guy out. You don't need to worry about was the catcher blocking the path. And and I, I think people are being too literal with this rule. Um, and, and, and I I found it very interesting in both cases that, that you mentioned uh, the Jonah Heim play with Texas, the Gary Sanchez Padres play. The first night Bruce Bochy got ejected. The second night Padres manager Bob Melvin got ejected. 
Um, both Bochi and Melvin were catchers at the major league level. They, they've got experience. They lived the life of a catcher, and they're getting ejected because they thought both calls were ridiculous, which I also agree with them. Um, you know, I, I think that, if, like I say, if, if the throw beats the runner by so much, just forget if the catcher blocking or not. The runner's out. It, it, the spirit of the rule it isn't that the guy's out by 15 feet, but, oh, the, the, the catcher might have blocked his pass, so we're going to let him be safe. I mean, based on those two plays last week, it, it's like why even allow throws from the outfield home to the plate at that point? I mean, you know, we're getting to the point where we're just going to make every play at the plate a force out. It's ridiculous. And, oh, by the way, last point, part of the new rules in, in, in the elimination of the shift Part of the design for that is the old, the the current marketing thing. Let the kids play. Baseball's trying to, you know. And I agree. Athletes on the field right now are as good or better than ever. So we want to see more action, right? That's what the rule plays are designed to. Uh, we want to see guys making great defensive plays. We want to see the ball put in play bar. So we want to see these kids, the, the, these athletes perform. So that second play at the plate last week, you know, that was a absolutely stellar play from right field by one of the game's great young stars, Fernando Tetis Jr. And with that call to play, you just totally negated that entire athletic play and incredible throw from right field. So that that's the other thing with this is you're, you know, you're, you're, you want these great athletic plays. And yet because of the stupid calls at the plate, you're not getting you know, Scott, I, uh, if we look at the AL East and where they're at, I mean, I can't stop looking at it, right? I look at the standings yeah. every day, and I'm like, this this division is insane. If you're the Boston Red Sox, you're sitting at 40 and 39. You're the worst team in the division. You're 13 games back, and you'd be leading yeah. or at least tied for the lead. You're basically the Minnesota Twins, who the Tigers, you know, they dropped two out of the three against the Twinkies over the weekend. But the AL East, from a historical perspective, you know, top to bottom to have a division be that strong. I mean, it's just, it just is what it is. It's unfortunate if that's where you got to play and you're, and you're trying to compete and you're a team like Toronto, who's 43 and 36 sitting in fourth place. You know, you're nipping at the heels of the Yankees. You'd think that that would be a battle for first. No, it's a battle for third. Oh, and by the way, there's the Baltimore Orioles. What a story they are. How do we kind of put into like some sort of historical context what we've seen thus far this year from the AL East? Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, part of the historical context has to do with expansion and the number of teams there are right now in the game, you know, 30 teams. Um, so you had to split into divisions. Uh, the, 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 the best historical context would probably be you go back to the best setup right now would be you go back to pre-1969 uh, before baseball split into divisions. And you just had the grouping of American League teams, grouping of National League teams, and let them fight it out. Um, that would be the most fair way to do it because then all those teams you mentioned with winning records would be, you know, Boston wouldn't be the last place. They'd be in fifth place or whatever it is, out of, but out of 15 teams. And if you had six teams make the playoffs, then Boston maybe be okay. But, you know, we understand why baseball split into divisions because if you set it up the way I just described, 
well then, like, the entire American League Central would pretty much be eliminated by the All-Star game. And then in those cities, what would be the attraction to watch for this whole second half of the season? So, you know, baseball, as they expanded, went to geographical divisions, and that theoretically keeps interest across the country because in your own region you can watch your own division race. It's just unfortunate right now that the American League East, as you said, Anthony, is is so strong. And, and at least, I mean, we could see all three wildcard teams come out of that division. Um, probably not. Probably two, and maybe Houston or whoever's going to be second in the West. But, um, you know, we could see all three. But even at that case, two of those teams are, are going to miss the playoffs. And, um, you know, meanwhile, you got, you know, the Twins and you got everybody under 500, American League Central. But, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it is. But baseball's not also not always been fair all the way across the board. I mean, you go back to, I'd have to look up the year, but when Atlanta was still in the American League, I mean, National League West, and this is going to be in 1980s or maybe early 90s, there was a year when Atlanta and the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers finished first at like 101 games, win, 101 wins. And Atlanta maybe was second with 99 or 100, I think 100 wins too. And maybe the Dodgers had 102. And like a 100-win Atlanta team didn't even make the playoffs. So, you know, there, there are more egregious, unfair examples out there than whatever is going to happen in the American League East this year. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt. And that's the uh, you know, it's just that it just is what it is. You're, you're you're fortunate to play in some divisions. We've seen it in football happen. Uh, you know, in the past, where a team under 500 wins their division, the New Orleans Saints did that a few years ago. And then they had to go play their wild card game on the road, and they ended up beating the Seahawks. So you just you just got to get in uh, to win. Last question here for you, Scott. How bad is it right now in Oakland? They're 20 and 60. Attendance is plummeting. The fans actually did like a reverse walkout where they actually yeah. went to the game and just decided that they were going to boo the hell out of everybody and just express their frustration. How bad is the Oakland situation for Major League Baseball? Or is it one of those things like, hey, this is inevitable. They're going to move. They're going to Vegas. It's going to happen. Just get on board with it. And it's unfortunate for people in Oakland because they've lost all their teams now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The latter. I mean, it's it. I, they will end up in Las Vegas. And it's too bad because you always hear, you know, people knocking the Oakland fan base. But in the defense of the Oakland fan base, you know, up until the last couple of years, they might not have drawn a ton, but I'll tell you what, 13,000 in the Oakland Coliseum, generally speaking, was a lot louder and more boisterous and more passionate than 13,000 in any other ballpark. These Oakland fans, it's a small group, but they, they bring it. And that 13,000 this year shrunk because – the owner basically has sabotaged the team. He sabotaged the organization trying to get, you know, basically play the card of we're desperate for a new stadium. Nobody will get us a new stadium. So look how bad it is now. We can't afford to do anything. So he's cut everything and sabotaged the team into one of the worst in, you know, by the end of the season, they're probably going to be one of the worst in teams of baseball history. You feel bad for the manager, Mark Kotze, for the entire uh, roster, everybody playing for Oakland. I mean, you know, these are baseball people. Kotze's a great baseball mind. Uh, these guys are busting their rear ends. They don't deserve what the owner, John Fisher, has hoisted upon them, um, nor do the fans. Um, you know, it's, it's 
looks like the last gasps of a sad, sad situation. They're going to end up in Vegas, and it's probably going to get worse, Anthony, because the I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the, the Oakland Coliseum, I think the the athletics lease is up. I want to say after next year, maybe twenty twenty four. Um, and the new stadium, Las Vegas, isn't going to be ready until about 26 or 27. Um, so there's going to be a gap where they're going to have to play in a minor league stadium in Las Vegas. But even worse than that, they've got, they're going to have like a, a lame duck year or two in the Oakland Coliseum where they're signed, sealed, and delivered to Vegas, and yet they're still playing a year in Oakland, and there's not, it's not even clear – the Oakland Coliseum people at that point, uh, you know, they may figure out a way to kick them out of their lease and maybe they go play in the minor league park in Las Vegas a year or two earlier than expected. Even. Boy, would that be something? Holy mackerel. What a, uh, what a mess. And it's unfortunate because you think uh, they weren't in the playoffs. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that they were in the playoffs yeah. and it was a 2019 or whatever it may have been. And that place was packed. I mean, it was jumping some of the photos uh, yeah. where people, you know, were responding to some of the social media criticism about the fan base. Be like, Hey, look, I mean, here's the playoffs. This place is packed and it's unfortunate, but it is a, a sign of the times as every league is gravita- gravitating towards Sin City. His name is Scott Miller. Find him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Scott, my friend, thank you so much for your time today, partner. We greatly appreciate it and, uh, and have a great week, my friend. You too, Anthony. Take care. Talk soon. All righty, there he goes, Scott Miller. And uh, by the way, check out his book, if you haven't already, called 90% Mental. Uh, New York Times contributor, Sirius XM, MLB Network, radio analyst, and uh, generous enough to hang out with us, uh, You know, coming to us from SoCal, so that's always fun. We'll step aside. We'll be back with more of the huge show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So right now, they've got a great deal going for new customers who sign up using promo code HUGE. If you do that and deposit at least $5, you can get a match on that first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Pretty simple. All you got to do is sign up using promo code HUGE and you can play the classic games like slots, roulette, and blackjack and exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. And one of the best parts of this app is it's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news 
press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Disturbed, the Take Back Your Life Tour. Labor Day Monday, September 4th at Soaring Eagle. And same show, same night, Stained. Tickets start at $34 and on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Disturbed and stained. Labor Day Monday, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino filling in for the huge one. Bill Simonson. He is on the road today and tomorrow. So I'll be with you on uh, both days and always very excited uh, to be able to join you in the afternoon drive. In case you didn't know, I host mornings here on the Michigan Sports Network. Visit MichiganSportsNetwork.com to find the affiliated stations in your area or as always. You can holler at us via the iHeartRadio app, free to download. Put it right in your pocket. Take us and all of your favorite stations wherever you may go, including all of our podcasts as well. So if you miss any interviews, you want to hear anything, listen to something back, feel free. Go to, uh, you can search 96.1 The Game. That's our flagship home out there in GR. That's where Brett Hayes is located. I'm coming in from the Michigan Sports Network Radio Bunker. Man, we got some, what's going on with the weather? What's the weather like over there in GR, Brett? Because over here on the east side, like it's it's sunny one minute and then all of a sudden there's wind and there's rain for like ten minutes and it's sunny again. I'm like, what in the world is going on out there? It's gray and gloomy all day. Really? A little bit of sprinkling here and there, but nothing horrible. All right, so you're telling me there's going to be more gray skies coming my direction. Yep. Okay, all right, all right, good to know. Good to know. Big thanks to our friend Keith Langloy for joining us in hour number one from the Detroit Pistons, Pistons.com. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, Scott Miller to talk a little bit about uh, Major League Baseball, some of the rule changes there. Feel so bad for the fans in Oakland. Because what it comes down to is this. Like, MLB attendance is up. And it's something that the Major League Baseball as a whole can be very proud of. They could say, hey, the new rules are really working. Like, you know, we're putting more fans in the stands than ever before. And that's awesome. You know, they're reaching levels that they hadn't seen in years when it comes to actually sitting down. Over 1.5 million fans attended MLB games this weekend for a third consecutive weekend. This is coming from directly from MLB Communications leading to the first back-to-back weekends of at least 35,000 fans per game since 2015. Now, mind you, 
the way that they count this can be, you know, it can be a little suspect, right? Because it's tickets dispersed. So if they gave away tickets, if somebody has season tickets and didn't go, it's not butts and seats. It's tickets dispersed. But I mean, for real, it's pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, 110,000 people who saw the Cubs and Cardinals play for two games in London. They came out to see that as they did the London series. I mean, this is great for Major League Baseball. For so, like, and MLB is always like every year we go into this nonstop discussion point over, well, you know, baseball's dying. Oh, God, the ratings. We, we do this every single year. And this year, with the implementation of the clock, what baseball decided to do, and with the shift, but I'm going to focus mainly here on the clock because we, in our society, you know, with our phones and everything else, we know that we're moving a million miles an hour. We know this. You're moving, you're, you're on your way home right now. If you're listening to us in the car, or maybe you're still at the office and you know you got 15 things to do by the time you get home. Hell, me even saying that's probably stressing you out just thinking about it, right? Got to get home, wife, kids, you know, they're out of school. What are we, what's the plan? What are we having for dinner, right? You know, in, in, when you're in the workforce, you know, now that you have the internet on your phone, we all get those emails. I'll have limited access to email. That's a really polite way to say, I'm out of the office on vacation. I'm not checking this stuff, but we can't help ourselves, especially when we love what we do, right? Especially when, you know, if you are pretty high up on the totem pole in your company, or if you have a team that depends on you, you're constantly, it, it's, it's a worry. It's a concern. It's difficult to take your, your, your regular day-to-day grind and be able to go home and let that, let, not let the work go home with you. That's difficult, right? And so we have all this technology in our pocket. We have Twitter and Instagram. Social media has taken over the world. You know, we go to a game where, you know, you're checking your fantasy. This happens at football all the time checking your fantasy stats and you know we just you want to be able to like let's get to the action right let's get to the action pregame stuff whatever kick the ball off tip it off let's go let's survive the media timeouts that when you're at the game just bother the hell out of you but let's let's keep it moving and to see major league baseball have the success that they are having as a league right now internal projections point to a full season attendance boost from six to eight percent is what they're thinking that's crazy that is just absolutely awesome. The increase would meaningful it would be a meaningfully like reverse a 22 2022 total of 64.56 million. MLB's lowest unrestricted figure since 1997, the league's final season at 28 teams before Tampa Bay and Arizona came into play. To see this jump, to see that the clubs, the fans, everybody's having more fun with baseball is great. And you know the A's are the ones bringing it down. But at the end of the day, there's one commonality here. Winning. Winning matters. Like, you, if you're, if you're winning games, you build it, they will come. They will definitely want to come check it out. They'll want to see what's going on. And right now, that's where we might be struggling a little bit. In Detroit, our attendance per game number is about 18,000. You know, that's bottom third of the league. You know, the only teams that have worse attendance than us are the Tampa Bay Rays. It doesn't matter what they do. They can win all the time. Nobody shows up. It's Tampa. they got a million things to do there. Kansas City's below us. Miami's below us. And Oakland is below us. Right? We're the fifth lowest attended team in, in the sport. Like, you start winning some games, put a winner out there, 
and watch that figure in Detroit go crazy. Be, we'll be handing out those buttons again and say thank you to a million fans. Step aside. Big win for baseball. Big. Happy for him. More of the huge show. Hour three next. Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use code HUGE to get the promo hookups. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get all of the hookups. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino. So great to be right along with you this afternoon, hour number three. It's been an absolute pleasure, and it always is. I'll be joining you on the afternoon drive here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. Like I said, you can find him on Twitter at the Brett Hayes. H-A-Z-E. You can find me on Twitter, Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. And of course, you can tweet at us as well at the Huge Show. It's always great to be here filling in for uh, for Bill. I'll be here today and tomorrow uh, with you. So excited about that. You can join us anytime on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. Text the keyword HUGE to 21000. That's HUGE to 21000. And uh, Brett, man, it's a... It's a Monday. It's a money line Monday. Yeah, it is. Ah, a little money line Monday from DraftKings. <laughs> I love that. What are we? Uh, what are you? Well, not what are we? I can't because I am in, ineligible for those kinds of things uh, with my uh, with my employment duties with the uh, different teams that I am employed by. But you, all of you folks, can absolutely uh, hop in and maybe uh, maybe the Tigers can shock the world tonight against the Texas Rangers. They've taken one out of three before. Now they got a four game series uh, coming up against the uh, against Texas, which is a very, very very, very good team uh, this year. So there is some NHL news outside of the NHL draft, and that is that uh, the NHL has, uh, you know, drafts coming up on Wednesday, and they're making some headlines right now because they have decided to do away with the specialty pregame warm-up jerseys. So these jerseys are gone. Uh, the NHL is going to ban, uh, they got this ban on players wearing specialty jerseys during warm-ups, 
and it has upset some folks. Uh, there is a uh, person by the name of Mio Lindsay said, in short, it hurts. This is a, an artist who has collaborated with several teams, including the Vegas Golden Knights and the L.A. Kings, on their pride jerseys. Uh, it, o- it doesn't only affect the LGBTQ plus community, but it also affects other marginalized communities. As the warm-up jersey is the primary part of the community outreach and charity within the NHL, it's also been a space for artists to express themselves, be able to create unique work under the NHL. And now that uh, venue has been taken away. The NHL announced on Thursday teams will no longer wear specialty jerseys during pregame warm-ups. Several players were scrutinized for refusing to wear the Pride Night sweater last season. And the commish, Gary Bettman, stated that specialty nights are going to continue to be held and the teams can still create jerseys to be auctioned off. They're just not going to, you know, wear them on the ice. Now, the specialty jersey ban includes jerseys that teams have worn for Black History Month, Women's History Month, Military Appreciation, Hockey Fights Cancer, um, San Jose has a Hispanic Heritage Night. You could, They can still produce those jerseys for you to buy. The players just aren't going to wear them because what it did is it created a point of contention. And here in this country, you have the ability, supposed to at least, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All within the law, right? We're all law, law-abiding citizens, right? Don't break the law. All the Ten Commandments, usually a pretty good idea, but your, your religion probably has a different book that has basically the same rules in it, and that's fine. But here, you could be whatever you want. That's what makes America great. You can get on Twitter, and you can bash either president, the one sitting here or the one that was before him, and not have to worry about being arrested, which not a lot of other countries have those kinds of freedoms, folks. Right? And although it's not a utopia here, we definitely have our issues you have the right to disagree or to not want to do something. You know, you're not going to see anybody. I'm a, I'm a Catholic, so I'll, I'll just come out and say, you're not going to have Catholic Jersey night and have a bunch of guys running around with a, with a cross on their, on their Jersey. It's just not going to happen. You know, you're not going to have, your, you know, the, the things like that. And maybe they'll do a specialty Jersey for it. But what I'm saying is this, if I'm Catholic, but you're Jewish why and and you don't want to wear the you don't have to wear the like I'm not going to argue with you about that. And so every time an NHL player decided that they weren't down with the you know the Pride Night sweaters, that's fine. Like in my world, that's fine. You don't have to. I can't force you to do something like that. And we're in this space now where every time this is up for discussion or any time somebody says, you know what, no, I'm not cool with that. You do whatever you want, but I don't have to. They get canceled. They get fired on by some think piece in the USA Today. They get criticized, this, that, and the third, about how they're not an ally, and they're not this, and they're not that. Well, they, they don't have to be. They can be whatever they want to be. You know, it's like, look, if you are, let's say, a Russian-born player, and it's military appreciation night, and you play in the NHL, I know I'm going to get some pushback for this. I, me, Anthony Bellino, I'm okay if you don't want to wear a camo American military-inspired jersey if you're a Russian. Even considering the geopolitical space that we're in, I'm okay with that because you have the right to say no. That's why you're here. That's why people die trying to get here, to come into this country. Like, that's why you have the right to say, 
I don't want to do this. And on the other side of the spectrum, you may be fleeing your country because wherever you may live may have laws on who and who you can and cannot have a relationship with. And you can come here and openly have that relationship. It's not that bad. I don't care what you do in your spare time. I personally don't need it force-fed at me all the time from every angle. That's just me personally. But I'm not going to throw things at the TV because of it. Right? It just is what it is. So in, in the, from the military perspective of it, yeah, if, if a Russian-born player doesn't want to wear an American thing, like why would we force them to do that? So that they don't wear it because they're not comfortable with it because, hey, guess what? My family's still in Russia. And we know they play by a different set of rules over there. That's probably not a good look for me. I understand. I get it. Don't wear it. Why does it like? What's the big deal? And and look, I, you know, when it comes to, you know, huge does a lot of outreach, a lot of outreach with the military. My dad's a marine. Like I get it, man. I'm all for it. Eagle Globe and Anchor, Sapper Five. You know, it's red and gold. But hey, look, if you're not okay with it, it makes you uncomfortable because you're not from here, but your family's over there and they don't like us. I understand. And I'll get, you got to pass for me, man. You got to pass for me. So uh, this stuff was, I mean, it was going all, like every player that didn't want to wear it was getting fried on the internet. And it's like, there's no need to do that. That's what. That's why we're here. That's why we're all here. So I, I see the article come out, and they have the uh, uh, hockey is for everyone night this season, and that's that's totally fine. Several players, some were Russian-born, who cited religious beliefs, Kremlin law, whatever you want to do, whatever you feel like. You just don't want to wear it. Don't wear it. You're, that's not your team's jersey, and you're only wearing it for warm-ups anyway, so just come on your, team, your team's uniform. So the NHL's got to go blanket here because they don't want to get fried, and they're like, look, all the theme jerseys, they're all out. Teams can still produce them. Your charity can still get money. We just are not going to have that skating around on the ice pregame. And you got to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. They they have the right to do that and operate their business how they so please, whether you agree with it or not. And you don't have to agree. It's not against the law to disagree. We used to be able to do that. Now, not so much. So I, I to me, I, I'm not mad at Gary Bettman. Like, you got a bunch of players getting grilled in the locker room after. Why didn't you do this? Why are you doing this? My religious beliefs. Oh, yeah? Well, what about, like, so what? That's fine by me. Don't wear it. Why are you so worked up about it? You know? If you look at the overwhelming number of NHL players, they're very supportive of that community. And we had some players that didn't want to wear the jerseys, whether it was for political or religious uh, reasons. That's what Marty Walsh told sports uh Sports that six fifty in Vancouver, like yeah, like that's that it is what it is. Eliminate the distraction, eliminate the boycott and all that stuff. You don't have to worry about it. This way, we're keeping the focus on the game and on these specialty nights. Well, we're going to focus on the cause. And there you have it. it. You know, now you got somebody talking about. Well, I don't. I personally don't like the word distraction. Well, what do you want? It is a distraction. What do you got over there in the? Uh, on the old Mercantile Bank listener line for me, Brett. I've got Scott in Holland. Scott in Holland. Scott in Holland. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Huge Show, partner. How are you? Hey, what's going on, my friend? Hey. Oh, what's uh, up, man? Long time no talk. How are you, partner? 
What's going? What's going? Who is this? It's Anthony. Is this Anthony? Yeah. What do you mean, who is this? Come on. You, you don't recognize that voice? Hey. God, I just talked to you 12 hours ago. You know, I, 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 I talked to, I, I talk to you in the morning, and I listen to huge when I'm coming home. So, hey, listen. Um, the, the whole thing is, is, I mean, until we have a Black American night, and uh, I, I'm not Native American. I can't call them that. What is it? Uh, indigenous, indigenous night. And all the different, <laughs> they want, everybody wants inclusion. So if you can't have a night for everybody, why, why do we, why are we worried about having a night for anybody? It's just. It's, well, they already have those. They, they, they have the specialty jerseys for the women's history month, military appreciation, hockey fights, cancer, black history month. San Jose does a Hispanic heritage night. Like that's fine. Doesn't bother me. Whatever. Have your night. But if the players don't want to wear the uniforms and every time they say, no, I don't want to do it. They're getting grilled by the media. Scrap the uniforms. Have your night anyway. Sell your gear. Make a couple bucks. Donate to a charity and be done with it. I, I get it, but I, you know what I'm saying. It's just, I mean, let, I, I don't let everybody be who they want to be. That's your choice. You be who you want to be. But uh, you know, it, we don't have to. We don't have to have specialty nights for anybody, and then and then chastise people for you know if if they if they do or don't support it. You know. I'm with you, man. I I I am. Uh, I'm with you. Have your night. Do whatever you want. Raise your money and move on with your life. But we have to move on because Max Boltman's waiting on the other side. We got to talk a little Red Wings draft. He's on his way to Nashville right now. Scott and Hall appreciate the call, my friend. We'll be right back with more of the huge show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. In the den with Dan Dickerson. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The Tigers are about to get their two best players back from the injured list, and a lot of the credit goes to a new approach the organization is taking when a player gets hurt. When Riley Green and Eduardo Rodriguez went on the injured list on consecutive days, the prognosis for both was a little grim. But another opinion revealed that Green's injury was a stress reaction, not a stress fracture. Much better diagnosis. Erod's pulley injury was kind of uncharted territory. Others have been out months with that injury. Well, the Tigers take the view, let the player start his rehab and then reevaluate on a regular basis. Let his progress determine the pace of his rehab. Both Green and Rodriguez are going to be back soon, weeks instead of months, and that's a really big deal for this Tigers team. Bill Simonson here with a message from my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's the new managing shareholder for Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Dorn Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together as one of America's top accounting and business firms. And speaking of business, if you're a business owner, decision maker, Bean Garter has retirement planning services in combination with Dorn Mayhew that can help take a lot of work off of your plate. Third-party administrator for 401k and 403b plans. 
They plan, document, design, and have maintenance of all plans. They can help you today. Go to beangarter.com for more information. Annual employer reporting, Form 589.55 preparation and filing, and compliance testing. So let Bean Garter help you with your retirement planning services for your company. Stronger Together now with Dorn Mayhew. You can find out more at beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Imagine this, a day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, and packed with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. A day that is unmistakably yours, at the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. the huge show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino. Join us now covering the Detroit Red Wings for the Athletic. Our good friend Max Boltman. Find him on Twitter at M underscore Boltman and Max must love me because he is already boots on the ground in Nashville getting ready for the NHL draft just about 48 hours away. Max, my friend, how are you? How's life? How are things, partner? I'm doing great, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Sorry if there's some background noise. Nashville is uh, is buzzing, as you would expect. I mean, I, I can't imagine that you would be doing this, but, it, you know, it seems like all the bachelorette parties, everybody goes to Nashville all the time, right? I mean, it's like Bachelorette City, USA. You know, they throw on a little Shania Twain, the like, let's go, girls. The bah, bah, da, da, da. Did you do that before you went to Nashville or no? Uh, no, but I've only been here four hours, so the trip is young. There's still time. There's still time. There you go. All right, Max, I want to talk first about the change that was made in Grand Rapids. They got my guy, Dan Watson, from the Toledo Walleye, the ECHL affiliate of the Detroit Red Wings. He finally gets his opportunity, gets hired uh, by Grand Rapids to be the next head coach uh, of the Griffins. Just, I, I couldn't be more excited for his opportunity and, and the task at hand for him. What would you say would, uh, would be the state of things in Grand Rapids and for this franchise at the minor league level? Yeah, I mean, certainly they've had some, some big prospects in the last couple of years, but I, I would say the most important objective is that team needs to start getting back to the playoffs, right? And I think that's a big part of the way the Red Wings want their developmental system to work is for their guys at the AHL and ECHL level, ECHL levels to be playing really meaningful games late in the season. Toledo has accomplished that under Dan Watson. Grand Rapids the last couple of years hasn't been able to for a multiple of reasons. I, I think they go well beyond you know, the, the, the bench there. I think the roster has needed to be a lot better. I think especially the crease has needed more than, than it's had the last couple of years. But nonetheless, you know, all these things are going to work together, I think, 
Um, and, and that is the clear objective, number one. That team needs to be back in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm just, I mean, my fingers are, fingers are crossed that it, that it works out really well for Dan because he's just one of those, he's just one of those guys, man. He's just such a, it's such a nice guy and very happy for he, uh, and his entire family. Now we're getting ready for the draft. This is like prospect heaven right here. Max, is there anyone that the Red Wings could select if they stay at number nine that could come in and make an immediate impact right away? Or is that just like the top tier of the draft that is picks like one through four, maybe? Yeah, no, there's nobody at nine who, who you would expect to come in right away. You know, it's really, it's, it's really one, maybe two, you expect to, to do that in a class, and maybe a couple sneak into the lineup at the end of the year, maybe after a season in college or, or in Europe or something. But, um, no, whoever they pick it at nine, the, the expectation should be at least one, more likely two years away from, from helping the NHL club. Do you think that with the, the current needs of the roster, what do you think is most important? Do you think it's like the skill, the scoring up front, you know, add another uh, forward that you could potentially you know, grow into somebody that, I mean, let's face it, we need some 30-goal scorers uh, on this team. Or, you know, are there, are there some defensive prospects here at the top of the draft that might be too good to pass up on? It's both. I mean, when, when you're talking about the draft for the NHL, it, it's so different from the NFL because, because of what we just talked about. They're not going to step in right away. You don't know what your roster is going to look like necessarily by the time that they're ready. So it, it, they're, they have needs. Certainly they could use another scorer in the system, some high-end skill. I think they need a right-shot defenseman. They need both of those things. But um, it, it's not so much dictated by, by what they have now. It's just what's in the pipeline. And, I, you know, I think both of those are, are very pressing needs. So which one do you lean more towards then? I mean, if, if you need both and you're trying to figure this out, because you do have another first-rounder in the top 20 there at pick 17, which way do yeah. you lean with that early pick? Whoever the best player that they feel. I mean, it's the cliche, but you know, there's a guy, Tom Willander, for example, who I think should be there at nine. And if they were to pick him, they'd be getting a, a mobile defenseman with some size, good in transition, good at defending transition. I think he would be worthwhile of the pick at nine. But... There's also going to be some centers and some scorers at nine who I think have every bit an argument as the, the best player available, and that's probably um, where I would go as a forward at nine. But I, I don't think you'd go wrong if you pick the D as long as you, know, you feel that he's of, of that caliber. So when we talk about the draft and how much different it is, more comparable to like MLB's draft, right? You draft a guy, he plays somewhere else, and it takes some time to get him up through the system to get him at the big league level, if you will. This is interesting because the draft and free agency kind of going hand in hand. See, the the, the, the the fire department already knows that things are heating up in Detroit because it's draft season. They're already en route to come get me because I'm too hot right now. But which way do we which way do we go in free agency? The rumors about Alex Debrinkit, am I am I getting too excited? excited about that or should it be like hey no we need to be we should be excited about that because that guy could come in and change you know some things immediately well let's see if it happens first but if if it were to happen i think it would be something that's very worth getting excited about there's just not that many players in the nhl who can score 40 goals for you alex brink has done that twice now that would not be a free agent signing right that's a trade situation you would have to give something up and it might be something significant so that always affects you know the way you view something like that but um, I think certainly that would be something to be excited about. The Red Wings don't have anybody who can put the puck in the net quite the way Alex Brinkett can. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I, he could have a salary that's going to be, you know, around $8 million and maybe maybe a little bit more. Would he be the guy from a trade target perspective, you know, guys that they're looking at that, you know, there might be some movement. Would he be like at the top of your list for this team? 
Actually, yes, I, I published that list uh, this morning. So he, he was at number one. Him and Travis Konechny were one and two on that list. But, I, yeah, I think Zabrinkit, because he, he's just such a rare level scorer, um, that's exactly what they're missing, and, and he would be my number one target if I were them. And if you want to read more, ranking the uh, top Red Wings trade and free agent targets via The Athletics, swipe up and subscribe and do all of that good stuff and find Max's work there. Hey, it's old school uh, sports journalism the way that uh, you know and you love it. Okay, so as this team is trying to prepare for the draft and trying to handle trades and trying to handle free agency, it seems like the craziest time of year in the NHL calendar because everything's kind of happening at once and then the same thing's happening over on the NBA side of things, right? Draft, free agency, boom, summer league. Everything always happens like in the blink of an eye and it feels like it's all happening within one week. So when we try to prioritize uh, from a fan's perspective, you know, I want to be excited about the draft and I know that we can't get any luck with a ping pong ball to save our lives here in the city of Detroit and that's fine, whatever. I'm sure whoever we select at nine, we'll, we'll wait and see what kind of happens there. But when we look at trade targets and free agent targets for this team, you know, we talked about kind of what the needs might be for the draft. I mean, the needs are the needs. So if you can go address that via trade or free agency, who might be on this Red Wings roster today that you could see as a pivotal piece in dealing to get a bigger return? I think more likely in that situation, you're talking about futures, but I think, you know, especially when you talk about someone like Debrinket, you know, Ottawa could use now talent in return. They're in the same spot the Red Wings are. They're trying to make a push. So would it shock me to see someone like Jonathan Bergeron or maybe even Philip Zadina involved in something like that? That wouldn't shock me. But I think in general, when you're talking about what teams who are moving proven scores are looking for, it tends to be more futures. And, and obviously the Red Wings are deep in futures. We love that. Got to stack the war chest, as they say. What does the what does the draft day like? What will that look like for you from your perspective? Like, what's your schedule like on that day? Uh, nothing crazy. It's 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 a little bit just react, right? Like last year, I don't, I don't remember which day. Whether it was the first, or second, I think it was the second day they traded for Billy Huso. So you just kind of got to be aware that anything like that can happen. But you know, in general, you're just kind of trying to talk to people as much as you can through the day and. And then make the clock tick faster to, to get to the draft floor. And then when you do get to the draft floor, I mean, it's just got to be like, like the work that goes into it so that you know who all of these different prospects are. Because I feel like it's a lot like baseball. There's a million guys. It's a global game. There's a lot of rounds. Like it, it, it feels like it would be so hard to be able to get that intel that you need. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of you know, video associated with that. But mostly it's just me bugging my coworkers, Corey Proman and Scott Wheeler, as much as possible to make sure I know what's what about this class. See, that's great. You got to be able to lean on, lean on those, uh, lean on those coworkers. If, uh, if there was a, a dream scenario, right? It, do you think that there's any way, you know, Steve might be able to package nine and 17 together to move up? Is there, you know, do you think anybody would even bite on that? Or do you think that they'll move around at all with these two picks? Well, you can't, you can't really move up from nine usually. Typically, I think it's been 15 years since the last time there was a team that was willing to trade down within the top ten. So uh, I would have a really hard time seeing that. Um, maybe you could move up from 17, though. Maybe I look at like Pittsburgh as a team at 14. They, they've traded away a lot of pick capital the last couple of years. If there's somebody that the Red Wings like and maybe considered at nine and they don't think he's going to make it all the way to them at, at 17, maybe that's a spot you could try to jump up. But um, typically, the, the higher you go in the draft, the less and less likely it gets. I could see it at 17. I'd be really shocked to see it at 9. Okay, all right. So Stevie Y might be able to, uh, might be able to deal. Is he as... 
what's the right word I want to use here? Because every time Steve Eiserman like picks up a phone, Detroit fans immediately think that like we're fleecing somebody, right? Like, oh, we're getting the best of this yeah. deal. You know what I mean? Is that kind of the way that everybody else around the league feels about Steve Eiserman when the phone rings and they like looking over their shoulder, like just wondering, like, what is he really? What's he really up to? Or is that just more of like fan sensationalism because it is the captain, he is our GM. It's a dream scenario. We're all dying that this thing works out and, and works in a way that you know can make the hero kind of return home and rebuild and take the the franchise to the next level yeah i think that's more fan driven to be honest i think uh you know the fans have kind of do have this grand idea about the the quote-unquote eiser plan right and to some degree there's something to that right there is a long-term vision in place that has always been very clear you've never been able to question the red wings direction so far under him but uh, i do think fans like to like to take it a step further and add a little bit of personality to that with the the quote-unquote flea things, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's, part of that kind of comes with sort of the legend of it, right? But, uh, hey, that, that's kind of what makes the sport fun, and, and if fans aren't invested, no, none of us have jobs, right? So, Amen. Yeah, we need them all. Be as sensational and as fanatical and that's as right. irrational as you want. Send us all your trade proposals. We love that stuff. Are you kidding me? When you were watching the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, Detroit, obviously the the weekend in Ottawa, and then the wheels kind of fell off, and it just it, things just were not great, right? So they finished thirty five, thirty seven, and ten for eighty points. You know they had a twelve point lead on Montreal that was an absolute mess. They're behind the standings in Ottawa, behind Buffalo, but then there's Florida, and Florida's kind of interesting because only 12 points better and it kind of felt like that could have been Detroit sneaking up there and you see the success that they had when you were watching the Stanley Cup playoffs Matt or do you Max do you believe that this is a a team that is at all close or was Florida they were just having a magical run and it is what it is they got a little lucky puck luck never hurt anybody especially in the playoffs or did you feel like there was just such a gap between what you were watching in the playoffs versus what you saw through for the wings in the regular season yeah, I think there's still a pretty clear gap between where the Red Wings are and what, what playoff hockey looks like. You know, people talk about Florida, and I, I realize they're the eighth seed. That team won the President's Trophy last season, right? And so they, they make a couple of subtractions. I get it. They trade Huberto and Uyghur, but that's for Matthew Kachuk, who, who's the MVP finalist and, and obviously showed in those playoffs exactly why they made that deal. So I, I get that people want to take some hope from, from an eighth seed making a run like that, but Florida is not, not your everyday eighth seed. You know, that. That's probably one of the top eight to ten teams in the league, uh, and and I I don't think anyone should be surprised they made a run. Max, um, your I I know that you had already mentioned a little bit, you know, from this draft that like Tom, I think you said his name is Willander. Is that how you say it? The 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 Sweden junior, if. You know, I've seen a guy by the name of Gabriel Perot who's been, you know, he's been kind of mocked there to the to the wings at nine. You know, it, a couple of names for our listeners where they try to flip on the NHL draft and they're and they're interested. Who would be a couple of guys at that nine spot, regardless of position, you could see falling to the wings? Yeah, well, so I mentioned Tom Willander. I think you'd have to talk about probably Nate Danielson, uh, center from the Brandon Weeking. So I think we'll go early if Dalibor Dvorsky. Uh, a Slovak playing in Sweden were to get to them. I think that'd be a great outcome for them. Super skilled player, uh, has a little bit of, of that uh, Iserman, you know, hockey sense to him that, that I think you kind of look for. Um, so those would be a few names. And I mentioned Tom Melander earlier. That wouldn't surprise me. So uh, those would be a few. Um, Samuel Hans, like another guy to watch, although I think that's probably maybe more for the second first rounder than the first. But he's a guy who, who's talked about how great he felt his interview with the Red Wings went. So that one wouldn't surprise me. 
He is Max Baldwin. You can find him on Twitter at M underscore Baldwin. He's live right now in Nashville. He's working the streets. I hope you at least have, make a little bit of time for yourself, man, to have some fun. And can't thank you enough for being willing to take the time with us on a travel day to hang out and talk a little puck, my friend. Hey, my pleasure. I just walked past the building with the iHeart logo on it, so I'm going to walk in and tell him to give you a raise. <laughs> my man, I appreciate you, Max. All right, there take we- care. There he goes. And, uh, yeah, Nyart, download the app right now. Search for 96-1 the game. You can put us in your pocket and take us with you wherever you may be. It, it is so interesting, this this NHL draft, because much like Major League Baseball, you know, like, like Max said, you get one or two that will come in and play right away uh, in the entire draft. And then everybody else, like maybe they're a late call-up. But outside of that, like it could be, you know, a situation where you don't see a guy – for two or three years. And that makes it kind of fun, but it also kind of brings us back to reality about where this team is at and what they need to try to accomplish this offseason. And any time that you are able to add a player via free agency or via a trade, you're trying to acquire a guy that you already know. And what I mean by that is these aren't prospects. The same thing happens with the Detroit Tigers. Like, I'm not very, very much interested in the Tigers trading Eduardo Rodriguez for a team's 15th best prospect, according to Baseball America. Like, that, that to me isn't moving my needle. You know, they do those top 20 and top 30 lists. How many of those guys are actually ever going to make it to the major league level? And how many guys that might just pop it, pop up, have a cup of coffee, how many are going to last? You know, like I, I, like the proven player, there's something to be said there about a guy that's already playing at that level. That's why I think that some of these Alex DeBrinkett rumors that are floating around here, I mean, I can't help but get excited over what we're kind of hearing about that. Because, it, yeah, if he's a guy that has the opportunity, like he's done it before. Like, can you imagine adding a 40-goal score? Here's what Jeff Merrick said in the morning skate on Sirius XM NHL Network. Yeah, and by the way, um, you mentioned Detroit a second ago. Alex Dabrinkit, I, I, it sounds like that's the destination here if they can get that one done. Oh, okay, great. Alex Dabrinkit. So we'll just speaking about Steve Eisenman earlier. Okay, thanks a lot, Jeff. Talk right. to you next week. I mean, like, yeah, it, it, the report after report after report seems to be that that's going to be the guy. And it's like, hey, if they're able to add that 26 years old, you know, and, and going through Max Boltman's you know list here of trying to rank these guys and who might be some you know potential potential targets. To bring it, it was number one via trade. Konechny was number two from the Flyers via trade. William Nylander trade with the Maple Leafs. Schmaltz, Nick Schmaltz from uh, from Arizona via trade, and then you get a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, unrestricted free agent. Alex Killorn, unrestricted free agent. Like, those are number five and six on Max's list that, hey, you know, you get a little bit further down and run into like a Max Pacioretty at number nine or James Van Riemsdyk uh, at number 11, unrestricted. But, yeah, I mean, if, if it is a Vladimir Tarasenko, like a guy like that that could come in and, look, we know his production's going to dip a little bit. He went below 20 goals last season. He's 31 years old, could be a good fit. But, you know, there's, you know, Alex Killorn would fill that top six scoring need. That's important. But, you know, what are you going to do with 34 years old? So you're trying to take this team and add some 
you know, veteran leadership, add some scoring, add some defense, right? Still trying to stay young with your prospects and make sure that your your stable is good. Right? They, as Max alluded to, like Grand Rapids, like they they want to get back to playing meaningful hockey at the end of the year. Like that is so very much important, you know, for this uh, for this club is that the prospect like the 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 cupboards are restocked and ready to go. So It'll be very interesting. I always love the draft. You know, when it when it comes down to the the later rounds, you're kind of like, well, you know, I don't recognize a single name, and I don't even know how to pronounce half these names. But you know, you watch, you follow along with it, see who they select, see what the uh, the scouts are saying, and then see how that kind of fits and pairs with what Detroit needs. We'll step aside. We'll be back to close things down here on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge, twenty four seven at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network, and it is time to step into a world of nonstop action with DraftKings Casino. Play the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots, plus enjoy exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. Right now, new customers who deposit at least $5 can get a match on their first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. All you have to do is sign up with the promo code HUGE, and you can start playing from a full suite of games. Your way is the only way to play on DraftKings Casino. You can play online on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only at DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at one 800 Two seven zero seven one one seven. Twenty one and up, Michigan only, one per opted in customer. Minimum five dollar deposit, max match two thousand dollars. Deposit and bonus amount require fifteen times playthrough within thirty days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. 
You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I'm Anthony Bellino. We just got a live photo, a live photo of Max Boltman on the phone with us earlier. In case you missed it, you can visit our free to download, free to use iHeartRadio app, 961 The Game. You can search the huge show. You can catch the podcast. He's battling the elements. Allegedly hopped over into a construction zone to hide behind a truck to talk to us to block out the wind. I mean, if that ain't a pro's pro, I don't know what is. I mean, he's already in Nashville. He's already battling all of the elements of bachelorettes. And I mean, my goodness, what a guy. And here he is hanging out with us, man. We love to, uh, absolutely love to see it. And big thanks to him for, uh, for joining us because. That's what uh, that's the good stuff right there. That's the stuff. You text your buddy and say, "Hey, man, by the way, any time to talk about this?" Absolutely. So I'm excited that hopefully they'll be able to take some free time there and and hang out and see what Nashville has to offer. I've never been. Brett, you ever been to Nashville? I have never. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, all I know is it's like the bachelorette capital of the world. Outside of that, I don't. I don't know. I actually talked to a friend last weekend. She's going down there in September for a bachelorette party. Yeah, see? Oh, my gosh. And, and then the post always says, Nashville ain't ready for this. It's like, it's yeah. so expensive. Th- is it really? Uh, oh, yeah. Nashville? Yeah. Really? Well, if you go to the bars especially. Well, yeah. I mean, they're just they're popping you left and right. The, the tax in you <laughs> is what they're doing. All right, so we've had a uh, we've had an action-packed day. We talked Pistons with Keith Langlois. We talked Tigers and, well, mostly Major League Baseball with Scott Miller on the 30,000-foot uh, view of what's going on with MLB right now and why things are really uh, working out. And I know that the, you know, with Damian Lillard meeting with the Portland front office, this might have a play for Detroit to determine whether or not Jeremy Grant is going to be available. Now, Jeremy Grant is a little bit older, right? A little bit older. He's been in the league since the 2014, 2015 season and career averages over the course of 618 games compared to Cam Johnson's 225 games. Right, career averages: twelve point three points per game for Jeremy, eleven point three for Cam Johnson. Rebounds: four for Jeremy, three point eight per game for Cam. Free throw percentage: Cam shoots it about eleven points higher for his career, eighty four compared to seventy three. So it's a win there for him. Two point percentage: Cam fifty four percent to Jeremy's fifty one percent. Three point percentage: Cam's. 39% to 35.8% for Jeremy. And your overall field goal percentage, 44.7% for Cameron, 45.6% for Jeremy. So it is, uh, they shoot roughly, you know, Cam's average 8.8 shots per game, and Jeremy at 9.3. So they're both, uh, they're both kind of right there. And when you look at it, heads up, Cam being a couple years younger, and Cam Johnson is a guy that I would be very, very interested in. Very interested in. I don't know. It, it, it sounds like Brooklyn would be willing to match whatever the offer is because this is who came over for the Kevin Durant trade. Why would you let him go? Especially let him go for free. That I cannot see happening. And he's good friends with Bridges. 
they play together, you know, maybe it doesn't work. If Damian Lillard has a meeting with Portland today and they discuss the future of of him, and it's one of the most overly discussed things on in in the NBA, it's like Portland, are you trading Damian Lillard or not? Like, have a conversation with him and see, because I think a guy like Damian Lillard in Miami makes too much sense. You just have to find a way to make the contracts and the money work, and then who do you send out in exchange? Would a guy like Austin Reeves, Hillbilly Kobe is what they call him out there uh, in L.A., you know, there's a guy that could shoot it a little bit. That's what this team needs in Detroit. They've got good guard depth. They've got plenty of depth in the front court. When you think about James Wiseman and Jalen Duran, Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Stewart, I kind of really like that mix of the four. You know, and this could all be outdated in the next, you know, I don't even know, 94 hours because, hey, it's going to happen. Trades are going to happen. I could see James Wiseman potentially being on the move. But I like, you know, when they drafted Marcus Sasser, that signaled to me like, okay, you know, Alec Burks, maybe they keep as a veteran presence. Maybe Killian Hayes is on the block. The one area they have to address, which they somewhat did in the draft with Asar Thompson, is a guy is a 3 and D wing. You know, got to be able to defend, must be able to shoot it. His shooting was a little streaky in overtime elite. He had some good moments. He had some not so good moments, but you know, you expect for him to be able to improve on that. And then you have him and Bogdanovich, and that's that's really it. I mean, we got to figure out what's going on with Isaiah Livers and and can he stay healthy? But I really like the Pistons draft in the, in the direction that they're going, and very much excited about what free agency might bring for this team, especially via trade as well. Brett Hayes, as always, my friend, I appreciate you. Great job today, as always, and to you, the listener. Thank you for being a part of our day. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place here on the Michigan Sports. Network.